0: And good afternoon, and welcome to the Women's Show. I'm Deb Anderson here with you until, well, I guess two o'clock today with the best in uh, music performed by women. And uh, I've become a big fan of Karen Oliver. Um, just recently listened to her brand new album called Cherche La Femme, which uh, is a great title, I'm telling you. If I hadn't, I would probably listen to this just for the title of the album, which is. Uh, Look for the women, Shirley Le Femme. Uh, Karen Oliver, singer, songwriter, and guitarist. And uh, we listened to, start off from the brand new album, Shirley Le Lay Your Burden Down. After that, a single, Stand Up, which I thought was a great song, and then ended with Truth, which I'm thinking Truth is a woman. And um, if anything about Karen Oliver, you're very supportive of women. Are you there? I am. Hello. Hey, Hi. And thanks for calling in and and being my uh, guest here on Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond. And I'm telling you, you picked the great title for your album, and it's certainly appropriate, isn't it? Yes, I thought so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you did. I think you got all the women you could possibly find and maybe a couple more to to play on this album. And uh, gosh, um, whatever inspired you to to have an all-woman band?
1: Well, you know, I I just kind of suddenly started... I mean, you know, obviously, as female musicians, we talk about this stuff all the time and talk about how much harder it is and what an uphill climb it still is these days to even get hired. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my female musician friends were finding themselves, especially in the middle of the pandemic, in more dire straits than the men because they were already not getting the jobs enough. And now they weren't getting hired and they were sitting in their houses not getting the remote work that other people were getting oh, wow. and having to find other ways to make the ends meet, and they were starting to quit. And I was like, I, oh. this is unacceptable. Right. And, and then it dawned on me that, you know, I've made several albums, and mostly there have been men on those, on, those, on those records. I haven't used a lot of women. And I, and I thought, well, why the heck not? Uh You know, people make albums that have nothing but men on them and nobody even blinks. (laughs) Right. You know, and and nobody notices, you know, um, and yet they still don't think about hiring women. And so I was like, well, let me see if I can make a record that's nothing but women. And it was harder. It's a little harder to find the right woman for the right job for the, you know, because there's just less of them. Uh But there are less of them because they don't get hired. (laughs) It's kind of a problem, isn't it? Yeah. It's, you know. So I just thought, you know, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, keep looking and uh and we we made it work. It wasn't easy, but we made it work and 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 the result is incredible and I'm so glad I did it.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's it is really a beautiful album. It's political, it's personal, it's emotional. Um and I suppose um it was because you made it during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, a lot of it was. I mean, you know, obviously that also provided extra challenges because not only did we have to find women who could do the right job, but we had to find women who could basically record themselves most of the time. Oh, really? Um, So they had to have the gear and they had to have the know-how to do all their, yeah, most of these women tracked their own stuff. This was done almost entirely remote. Mm. Um, And I had to learn how to track my own stuff. I'd never done that. myself i had the stuff i had the gear thankfully but Mm -hmm. um i had it was a big learning curve for everybody um so it um but yeah and and i think you know obviously the pandemic had a little influence on the songs. some of them were written before it started but a lot of them were written in the middle of it um and you know you just there was an awful lot of time for (laughs) (laughs) self-reflection
0: oh gosh um so some of these women did you know beforehand or, or did you just get references or how how did you find I mean you've got about 14 or 15 women plus your producer is a woman
1: yes the producer is, is, a, is a woman even the, and the photographer was a woman the graphic designer was a woman <laughs> great um, most of them I, I knew um, the horn players for the most part we had to find the clarinet player is a friend of mine um, but the horn players were the hardest part we had to find them and then, um but everybody else i I knew to some degree
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, some of them were very dear friends, and some of them i I just know professionally, and so I just kept reaching out and and finding them. Well, that's great. I bet um what a
0: great thing happened in the middle of a time where like you said, people were looking for work, there was no, no jobs uh, you weren't they weren't asked to do any remote work and and finally they got. A great gig with with your this brand new album that just got released in October of this year. Yes.
1: So yeah, yeah, it's been a great process and and a long one, but yeah. Well, you put out you
0: just put out a video, uh, dance with me, and you've got some of the women that in the band in that video, don't you?
1: Uh, yeah, a couple of them happen to also be yes in <laughs> in, the, in the video. That's um, great. And they're dancers yeah, is, apparently yeah yeah well i mean you know, everybody's a dancer to some extent it's just a question of how much <laughs> yeah, right I, you know right. just like i also believe everybody's a singer to some extent it's the question of how much it's something you do for your soul mm.
0: well it sounds like from this brand new album by the way i'm talking karen oliver uh and brand new album called share love film which kind of there was a bar here in lincoln way back even before I moved here back in the 80s, uh, that was called Cherchez La Femme, and it was a, a women's bar, a lesbian bar, um, and it was a great support for the community here back in those days. So there's a lot of uh, history to that title. Um,
1: yeah, it's an interesting, it, interesting that they turned that into a, a bar of that kind, because Cherchez La Femme actually comes from French film noir. And in that hmm. case, it's actually used very similarly to the term um, find the money. It's basically a term that they used in Old Film Noir to imply that, like, if a crime has been committed, you can probably hmm. blame a woman somehow oh. along the line. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: gosh. That took all the romantic uh, stuff out of it for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, but then we turn it on its head and use it for something else. You know? And there you go. You totally changed it, which is really what it's all about. Um, you know, um, y- these songs uh, that you wrote, um, and you did say you did write some during the pandemic. I mean, they talk about a little bit of regret, but there's a lot of joyfulness in there, too, and, I, and especially Cry Hallelujah. It's, uh, you're talking about a connection that you're trying to make, and, and is that kind of the universal theme of what's going on with Shirley shay is like connecting with people?
1: I think so, yeah. I think so. I think mean, it's 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 about the search for connection and it's also about the constant struggle to learn and do better. Mm. You know, um well, it's quite an anthem. Oh, well, thank you.
0: Well, you do you do end the album with it, which makes perfect sense to me, because I was thinking I was probably end in the interview with it, unless you had some other, <laughs> other ideas, but it is one of my favorite uh, songs from Cher La Femme, um, and I was wondering, maybe I can get a little bit more insight, I played Truth, which is really a great song, uh, and is Truth a woman, I, what, what is Truth?
1: Uh yes truth truth is a woman because i mean it, the very first line is i know where the fire started it was on the day she chose her name um mm. and and yes truth is a woman and truth is a woman who gets lied about you know mm-hmm. um because that song is very much about about the spreading of lies about people in the other ring of them and creating this creating fear um and oh, okay. and in just yeah, and the damage that that kind of stuff does it, it and and it draws a little bit on like imagery from nazi germany just to sort of make the point um um but yeah i mean you know they say that you know the a lie gets around the the globe before the truth has a chance to put its pants on <laughs> oh,
0: and unfortunately that you're so right about that and what an appropriate song for these times when fascism is, you know, rearing its head once again. Of course, it always has, but it seems to be even closer these days. It Um, is scary. It is. It is scary times, and um, I thought that was a very powerful song, and I really did want to end that first set with it. Um, You also had a quote from Maya Angelou, so you've got some good sources that you're getting inspiration from.
1: Yeah, well she's one of my she's one of my all time favorites. The woman was absolutely brilliant. Um but yeah, she uh one of my favorite things that she ever said was, um, you know, I do I did the best I knew how to do at the time and when I knew better, I did better. Mm. Which is what I mean about learning and growing and doing better. Because you can only do as well as you know how to do. But you should always be trying to learn more and know more and do better.
0: Well and th- Apparently you're, you're you're certainly on that path. This is this I think this is your fifth album, uh, Cher Shayla Femme. Does that sound about yes. right to you?
1: I believe so. Yes. Well, the solo album anyway.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, you are also in a band, which apparently you've got gigs going on. Uh, uh, feathers and. And uh oh, fur, fuss and feathers. What what is fuss and fuss no, and feathers? No fuss and feathers. Yeah, yeah. no fuss
1: and feathers. yeah, no fuss and feathers is basically it. four songwriters. Yeah. Um and we've been doing that, you know, periodically for for years. Um I met them when I was still living in New York. So that's been a number of years ago. Hmm. And um and they grew out of another kind of collective of women called Chicks with Dip. Um <laughs> Yeah, That's <laughs> which you have to pronounce one. very carefully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which was only ever supposed to be sort of a social group of my female songwriters. And so, um, but we have actually performed under that moniker a couple of times, which is amusing. <laughs> oh, that, is, that <laughs> and, is. And lots of fun. And several of those chicks are on this record. Oh, really? Well,
0: I've, I figured uh, you've kind of moved around a little bit. So you've probably made a lot of connections over the years. I mean, you've lived in. Uh, uh texas and new york city and you grew up in uh maryland uh close to dc At what beltsville maryland
1: yes Uh, (laughs) beltsville maryland just over the dc line uh right near university of maryland
0: and uh you're kind of an early prodigy You start playing guitar at 12 and then you started writing some songs at 14 um that's pretty young to get going on all that stuff
1: yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I just it was just something I felt, you know, compelled to do. I mean, I wouldn't say that they were any good. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I, uh, I guess we didn't yeah. say that. But, but uh, yeah. you know, obviously
0: they were pretty good because look where you are at now at your progression. Um, we're you know five albums later. You put out Cher Femme, and I mean, it's a fantastic album. I I think you have you gotten some great response from it.
1: Yeah, it's actually been getting some, uh, it's been getting a fair amount of airplay. It's been getting some really nice reviews. So, um, you know, and it's only been out for about a month. Um, but yeah, it seems to be, uh, it seems to be getting a, a good reaction. So, and, and an interesting reaction from oh. the reviewers. It's intriguing to me to read, especially from male reviewers, how oh. they. How they respond to the? It's an all-women album. Um, uh uh-huh. Some so, some of them are fabulous and they really get it, and other others actually are trying to say you know say things like, I don't know why that's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> well, so unfortunately, clearly still necessary. I wish it wasn't. But. Yeah, but but it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is. Having done a
0: women's radio show for as many years as I have, I think it's important to get women's voices out there. You know because. They're not getting the airplay and commercial radio, all the great... Right, uh, especially
1: in Americana. It's, it, it's unfortunately a, a bit of a desert
0: still. Well, it's... It's a, definitely a, a bit of a boys' club. Well, and you probably would know that because you're pretty much involved with the, the FA, uh, FAI uh, organization, uh, Folk, uh, Folk Alliance International, um, which you are going to, I think, in February...
1: I am, actually, yeah. I got an official showcase at the Folk Alliance International in February, which is
0: very cool. That is very cool. That's right oh here God. in Kansas City, which is not that far from from Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, you also were on the board of directors of the Northeast uh, Chapter of the Folk Alliance back when you lived in uh, New York City, was it?
1: Yes, yeah. I was still in Maryland, I think, when I first joined the board. I moved to New York uh, during that, that period, and, yeah, I did, did two terms there and then moved to North Carolina and did a term at the Southeast Regional Vocal Labs huh. well, um, board. So,
0: so you've kind of covered a lot of the area. You've gotten a lot of different people, a lot of different musical scenes, and you kind of know what's going on. The other I thought it was a really interesting thing about that, that you hosted a radio show for quite a few years called The, the Mob Town
1: Couch. Does that sound about right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, Mobtown is a is a nickname for Baltimore. Um, oh, really? Uh, so yeah, I was on WLOY out of uh, Loyola University in Baltimore for a number of years, and I focused really on local music. Um, but I had a lot of touring artists come in and and play. You know, if you, if you happen to be coming through on a Tuesday morning, <laughs> you can be on my show. Oh, great! <laughs> well, didn't didn't you really
0: enjoy that? I mean, it's just it's such a fun thing. Oh, to I loved to do
1: I loved doing radio. It was huge
0: fun. Oh yeah. yeah. I was just wondering. I know you're. You know, grew up in Maryland and had got a lot of connections there. Are, were you familiar or are familiar with Sonia Rutstein of Disappear Fear? Who's oh
1: yeah, yeah, I know Sonia.
0: <laughs> and yep. she's probably the most prominent person besides you now <laughs> that's, that's from Maryland that I and I know she does sing about Maryland occasionally in some of her songwriting.
1: And of course, yeah, and she's still there. Oh, is she still there? She never left. That's oh well, I don't know that she ever left, but she's definitely still there now. Well, she does
0: travel a lot, but she's got her home base, and she must love uh, Baltimore. And she's in Baltimore, or she's just in another part of Maryland? I believe she's in
1: Baltimore, at least the Baltimore area.
0: Cool. Well, um, when I think of Baltimore, I also think of Nina Simone's song, Baltimore, oh.
1: which uh, uh, Randy
0: Newman uh, wrote, but pretty much made famous by Nina Simone. I don't know if you want to delve heavily into the Baltimore history, but
1: um, (laughs) but that is Baltimore is a great history. It has a great musical history. I mean, you know, Billie Holiday spent a lot of time there. Oh, right. From Baltimore.
0: Oh, and another person that I'm wondering if you had a chance to see before she died was Eva Cassidy, who was out of the D.C. area.
1: I unfortunately, and she actually grew up around Beltsville. She and I grew up in the same part of Maryland. Oh, Um, really? Yeah, but I did not actually even really. She was just enough older than me that I didn't know about her until after she passed. I oh. never met her. Um, however, a very dear friend of mine who's in a group called the Twangtown Paramours, Mary Beth Zamer, was actually oh. in Eva's band. She was. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she sang with Eva.
0: Yes, I know her. Actually, I've been communicating with the the Paramours for quite a few years and playing their music. I. Um, which I love. I think they're a great uh, uh, duo, husband and wife duo. Um, I know you've had some other influences too. Um, mentioned a little bit about Emily Lou Harris and Mary Chapin Carpenter. Um, have, have they had sort of an effect on your songwriting, or where where does the where does your songwriting inspirations come from?
1: Uh, I think it probably comes from from everywhere. I think like most songwriters, everything you ever hear kind of filters its way in there. Um, and Lord knows, I mean, I couldn't point to you most of the time. I could not point to you and say, this is where that came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I listen to music, I can probably say, you know, I probably learned that from that person. I mm-hmm. probably learned that from that person. Wow, you wow. know, um, I mean, and, and, you know, it's not a woman, but I'm going to mention him anyway. And shortly after Jimmy Buffett died, I was listening to, um, Some of his music and um, Margaritaville, actually, which Mm -hmm. is like his huge hit that everybody thinks is a party song. But it's got an interesting turn of perspective where he starts out saying, it's not my fault. It might be my fault. Mm -hmm. It's my own damn fault. (laughs) And that kind of thing Hmm. I have done. And I and I don't know. Hmm. I couldn't point to it exactly that I learned it from him, but I learned it from people like him. Hmm. You know, because you you listen to that stuff, and it and it and it makes its way in there without you ever realizing you learned it. Oh, yeah, that does make sense. Do you have you have you go
0: out and see a lot of live music? You've been li- do you listen to current music, or are you influenced by some of the women or other men songwriters that
1: are out? Writing and oh, performing Oh, absolutely! Today? I mean, you know, I mean, I listen to um, an awful lot of my friends, and I listen to you know when we end up in the same place at the same time. I uh, that's usually where I get an awful lot of that. Like at the, you know, folk alliance conferences, I wander around and I or or I'm in the realm with them, or I'm you know, um, so most of the people that I spend a lot of time listening to these days, a lot of people who've never even heard of, hmm. um, you know, because. I just um, I'm sitting down at a song circle around, you know, you know, and you go to you go to the Kerrville Folk Festival and you'll hear some of the most amazing songs you've ever heard written by people you've never heard of.
0: Right. And, you know, that's the reason we try to do here on the women's show is expose these (laughs) women that nobody's ever heard of before, because people need to hear this. They need to hear this music.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, there's incredible stuff. And, you know, I mean, granted, there are also amazing things by people you have heard of. You know, I mean I'm I'm a huge fan of people like Patty Griffin and oh, yeah. Emily Harris and, and Dolly Parton's writing is amazing and you know, um, you know, and and my god Emmy Lou, I mean, she didn't even really write anything and just she was like in her sixties and then she blew everybody away. Hmm. Really? But she had mostly just years. been interpreting other people's music. And until she did Red Dirt Girl, it wasn't really her own writing.
0: Hmm. So you, it doesn't matter he, how old yeah. you are. If you get the inspiration, you should write those songs.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, nobody thought of Amy Lou as a writer. And then all of a sudden she wrote and you're like, oh, my God, where <laughs> was that?
0: Yeah. Right. yeah. And and she didn't do a lot of traditional stuff. I mean, they kind of pegged her as a country artist, uh, but then she went and did this kind of a rock thing uh, with Wrecking Ball, and she had this great producer. It um, just kind of just kind of went in a whole different level, and get really introduced to her a lot of people who wouldn't have listened to her before. Oh,
1: absolutely, yeah,
0: yeah, she's a phenom. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and she's an older woman, and you know, got a really respect and admire what a lot of women have gone through and i know you've gone through a lot having done five albums lived in a whole lot of different places and been in the business for such a long time do you feel like you're finally well maybe you've been noticed before your other albums you did red dress and uh there was another uh album um Magdalena and a couple other albums that you put out before this but do you feel like you're getting like you've got the showcase at the FAI now and uh, uh, you're getting great reviews Um, do you feel like this is sort of a high point in your career
1: I think so it certainly feels like it's a little different like suddenly there's a little bit more awareness Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly why Mm -hmm. that is true Um, because so much of this stuff is, is luck of the draw you know which is why there's so many incredible amazing people that no
0: one
1: will ever
0: hear of Hmm. because you know well but you you also nice to i mean you're lucky enough to have a a good promoter um yes which really helps because that person reaches out to people like me and and twyla definitely twyla who kind of you know says wow this is a great album let's let's Get an interview. I mean, let's see if we can get an interview. And uh, as soon as I saw what the album was and listened to it, it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I immediately texted Twilight. I said, yes, I'd like to talk to her. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I, you have so much to say and you've been doing this for such a long time. Um, you know, an interesting to me when you're talking about, well, you talking about your influence and you, that kind of infuses into your consciousness and it kind of comes out in different ways i've talked to some people and they they dream some of their songs i mean they're and then they write it down when they wake up like patty smith is a big dreamer of lyrics and songs and she'll write it when she gets up um is that a process or you just take little notes or or is it just all in your brain
1: it happens in a number of different ways i mean i have definitely woken up with stuff in my head um Typically, what comes spontaneously like that is melodic, and not so much words. Occasionally, mm. there are words attached to it. Almost never do I have words before I've got music. Mm. Um, for me, it it it's very driven by the melody, and 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 I will dream in melody, and and mm. I could guarantee there probably were words in that when I was dreaming it.
0: But mm-hmm. I don't
1: usually don't remember what, those, what the words were, but I can remember the melody. Well, that melody is um, important. I think so. I mean, I my process is definitely more start with the melody and let the melody tell you what it wants to say. Hmm. I like that. That um, would certainly
0: be a more of a melody than a words person myself. Uh, or not not that you're not a words person, but be able to have that melody there to be able to guide you like it it apparently does. So,
1: Yeah, absolutely, because I think melody has an emotion attached to it, and that emotion will tell you, you know.
0: Well, a lot of these songs, and by the way, I'm talking to Karen Oliver, brand new album Cherche La Femme, uh, featuring a cast of fabulous women, (laughs) and all sides of the of the microphone uh and production and uh instrumentally um you know you uh, are a really great guitar player and and you name your guitar Roxanne or you have another have you given up Roxanne and gotten a new guitar have you broken up with I Roxanne? Have,
1: no no Roxanne is still around Roxanne and I do a lot of work together but I also have one that I named Eartha oh
0: like Eartha Kidd Ag Earth Kit. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Perfect. Yep. Santa baby. Well
0: that's a certain good time of the year for Eartha to um is Eartha a similar kind of do you have, what what kind of guitars are they? Are they rhythm guitars or uh, acoustic guitars or electric guitars?
1: They're they're acoustic, they're six string acoustic guitars, both of them. Uh, uh Roxanne is a uh Huss and Dalton. Mm. Um which has a, a very pretty... It's very, very nice for the finger-picking more kind of stuff, but it should do anything. But but, uh, Earth is actually a Czech-made guitar um, by a company called Stonebridge International, hmm. um, but made by a man named Mr. Furch, who was making guitars in the Czech Republic when it was illegal to have a private business, and so he had to smuggle them out. Oh, my gosh. That's exciting. Um, until the Iron Curtain fell, yeah. But now he's allowed to export them normally because it's an independent country. um, So, but yeah, Mr. Furch makes a makes a beautiful, beautiful guitar, Mm. and uh, they let me spec it out. So I got to pick a like a slightly narrower neck because my hands aren't as big as a lot of people. Because most guitars are made for guys, and they Uh just have bigger hands, right? So, um, so yeah, I got a narrower neck, and it's a yeah. And I, I yeah, she and I get along very well. Oh, well, that's
0: great because there's a lot of guitar on uh, Cherche La Femme. You've got not only you playing guitar, but you've got a couple other fantastic women uh, guitarists on on board with that. Uh, uh, Let's see, Kate McGuire and Anne
1: Klein and Anne McHugh. Yes, yeah. Kate McGuire is based in the Baltimore area. She's amazing. Mm. And uh, Anne Klein is in New York. And McHugh is in Nashville. Well, you say all spread um, over everywhere. Yep, yeah, yeah, but they all were able to record their own stuff and send it in. So, um, and they, yeah, and they all three did an incredible, incredible job. They're they're different from each other, but but every every one of them is incredible. Oh yeah,
0: well, the musicianship is just phenomenal, and I'm I'm so excited that it's all women because I'm a big fan of all women ensembles. Uh, Artemis, I mean, there's a a whole lot of them. There's a uh, the there's a diva, the big band. It's all women, big band. There's other lots of ensembles these days. It's happening more and more that women are working with women. And back in the days of the women's music movement, which I was. Involved with back in the 70s and 80s. Um, there was a lot of all women ensembles, it was uh, women production, Olivia Records. I mean, that was sort of what was happening yeah. back in the day. And that was uh, a exciting time to be alive and, and experience that kind of stuff. And then things kind of dissipated over the years. But it seems to be coming back together again a little bit, which is exciting for an old, old person that's been around a long time like <laughs> me uh, and been involved with music for oh so many years. Um, speaking of an old person, um, You have, and you're not an old person, but you seem to have adapted to social media quite well, and you are doing a, a live stream on December 5th?
1: I am. I'm doing a live stream uh, with uh, a DJ named Bruce Swan who runs a regular series he's called Music My Mother Would Not Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar wow. with that, actually. So. Yeah. So, yeah, we're doing that on December 5th. And it's a it's a Zoom concert. There are two other artists, so there are three of us total. And um, you have to register in advance, you know, so that you can get the link because, you know, open call Zoom can be very... Uh Hmm. not good <laughs> oh really i i don't know oh yeah know. there have been some oh yeah there, there for a while when zoom was like like the way everybody was doing everything because we were all locked down mm-hmm. there were some zoom bombing going on <laughs> where people were doing some very inappropriate things in their oh, little window oh no <laughs> that sounds oh, yeah.
0: terrible <laughs> I, I don't know i'm not a zoomer I'm a kzum but I'm not a Zoomer, I, so I kind of shy <laughs> away from that. But I'm glad you're, you're doing it and you know the appropriate things to do not to get the, that kind of stuff happening out there. Um, yeah,
1: that's not happening so much anymore. Figure, people figured out pretty quickly how to avoid that.
0: <laughs> yay, yay for that. Yeah. Uh, um, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, speaking of social media, where can Karen Oliver be found out there on social media?
1: Uh, well, I mean, obviously I have my own website, so K-A-R-Y-N-O-L-I-V-E-R.com. Um, and you can find me most places as long as you spell Karen with i K-A-R-Y-N. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Instagram under that name. I am on Facebook under K-O-Sing. But if you search in Facebook, obviously, and you spell my name correctly, you'll get me. If you don't spell my name correctly, you're either going to get a sculptor in the Southwest Oh right! Or, uh-huh. According to my 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 Google alerts, potentially a porn star. So,
0: <laughs> oh my thanks. gosh, that's funny. <laughs> you got to spell the name right, and you did spell it yes. O L I V E R and K A R Y N, and there you are, Correct. Karen Oliver, and, and be sure to spell because I actually did get both of those. <laughs> When I initially was looking for your website, I was like, oh, <laughs> that can't be Yeah, her. not her. <laughs> no, not her. <laughs> no, that's not her. And then I saw the, the really great picture of you, which is fantastic. And I, I know you've been compared to some great, great uh, vocalists uh, as far as your singing style. Um, I mean, that must be very flattering. Um, you know, there's a little bit of Janice Joplin, a little bit of, uh, you know, some of the, the greats. I mean, because you uh, really built it out there.
1: Never, not a compliment to be compared to your heroes. I mean,
0: so absolutely, you know, uh, yeah. Well, and it's and it's, whoever did the photography is great. Uh, it's a great picture. You're just looking like you're mean in business there, Karen Oliver. Well, thank sure she, you. Yeah, that uh,
1: that is um, Stacy Huckabee she's also based in nashville um and stacy does an awful lot of independent artist work Mm. so if you're going through nashville you should definitely get in touch with her if you need photos Mm. um as an aside she also happens to be one of dolly parton's primary photographers (laughs) wow okay yeah and they just released a book all based on the history of dolly's costumes
0: oh my gosh which is kind of amazing yeah that would be amazing dolly's costumes amazing (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she definitely, uh, she does know how to wear those clothes for sure. Um, well, I'm going to have to kind of wind down here, but I, as I mentioned way early in the conversation, um, I was going to end with Cry Hallelujah. Um, does that sound like a good song or is there something else you'd like I me to end I think that's with? a
1: great idea. Well, can you talk a little bit about the song before we get into it? Oh, uh, sure. I mean, cryo is definitely um, the, the one that was was influenced by that Maya Angelou quote about, you know, doing the best you know how to do. And when you know better, do better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also my way to sort of like, send something out into the canyon to see if there was an echo, you know, um, because, you know, mm-hmm. we were all so isolated. And I felt like, you know, I just I felt the need to to try to connect. And
0: I figured I probably wasn't alone in that. Mm, exactly. Well, that certainly resonates, uh, uh, and I, I love this song. And I'm. I thought it was interesting. You ended the album because it's like that makes perfect sense. It also made perfect sense. The first song you started with, which is a really a, uh, a, a sort of lay your burden down. It's like get up and lay your burden down. I mean, it's just a you know get up, stand up, you know do what you need to do get out there and walk get out and sing you know live your life Uh, and so i it's it's very very positive energy and i to have that the first song just really grabs your attention i mean it totally like it just drew me in immediately so whoever did you put it together i mean it sounds almost like a conceptual how you arranged all the songs it you
1: know i mean i don't think we thought of it that way when I started and I chose the songs, but as we continually worked on them, it was one of the benefits to being able to take some more time with the album and not just like start a an Nashville and record it in two weeks mm-hmm. um, was that I was able to sit with them as they developed and we added things and so I had a pretty good idea but as we got toward the end what the order was. Um, I'd also been playing live for quite a while at that point because, mm-hmm. you know, things had started ramping back up and I was able to get out mm-hmm. and and I think I always knew "Layer Burden Down" was going to be first because it always feels like an invitation to me, mm-hmm. and I thought it was—it's a, a great way to open a show. It's a great way to open oh, an, an album. Absolutely, it was
0: perfect. And of course, "Cry Hallelujah"—perfect way to end it because it just—it just seems like so. This is really just. Cry out in the void, make the connections. um, It's all out there, um, and you really say it very well in this song. So, Karen Oliver, let's go out with Cry Hallelujah. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you for inviting me. It was certainly fun, and uh, be sure to keep in touch if you ever... Uh, so you seem to get around quite a bit. If you ever get around Nebraska, be sure to knock on our door and come on visit us here at KZUM. That would be great, since you're an old radio person yourself. <laughs> <so>. Yes, <laughs> I
1: would love to do that. That
0: would be really great. And in the meantime, let's listen to Cry Hallelujah from Karen Oliver from the Rad new with Cherche Lafemme. Once again, Karen, I enjoyed very much talking to you, and, and enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you.
0: You bet. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.